From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Naharika Shaw from the Tiffin Group. Naharika, it's really nice to have you on. Thank you, Brad. I'm delighted to be here with you today. Yeah, I'm super excited. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about you and just tell me about yourself. Yeah, so Naharika Shah, I'm Chief Marketing Officer of the Tiffin Group. Uh, What is the Tiffin Group? We create, conceive, invest, and operate fintech companies in the world of wealth and investment management and personal finance. Prior to joining the Tiffin Group, I was the chief brand officer at uh, Prudential, where I ran brand marketing for all the Prudential businesses. Nice. That's awesome. So you have a breadth of experience in marketing. (laughs) You can call it that. That's what we call 20 plus years in the business now, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me a bit about the Tiffin Group and the space you guys are in and what you're doing. Yeah, it's a fantastic and, and fascinating time for not only our companies, but for fintech in general. If you think about the evolution and where I think we're going from more of tech fin to fintech, where we're combining at Tiffin technologies like artificial intelligence, data science, natural language, semantic search performance-based optimization, but layering that on with some deep financial expertise, which is the the fin and fintech, to really solve problems much more effectively and efficiently. And at the end of the day, allow the advisors or the asset managers, as well as the end investor, to realize better investment outcomes. That's the purpose and mission of our companies. Nice. That's really cool. So, Let's dive into a little bit more of what your market looks like and who you specifically market to and who your customers are. Sure. So Tiffin has 11 operating companies and each of our companies address specific frictions that exist in the wealth investment management and personal finance space. And to that end, each friction is solved by what I would call a a marketplace perspective, where we're doing better, more effective matching of supply and demand in in most cases. So depending on the challenge and the opportunity, usually on the demand side, we have investors, whether it's retail or professional investors, or advised investors versus self-directed financial advisors, RIAs, wealth managers, ultra net high worth wealth managers, multi-office families. So those are the supply and the demand, I'm sorry, the demand side. And then on the supply side, you either again have um, the wealth manager or the multifamily office, as well as what I would call product manufacturers, which are essentially the asset managers and the investment managers of the world, right? The, the, The companies the money managers that make and distribute mutual funds, ETFs, uh, and other sort of investment or financial products. Okay, gotcha. So what does marketing look like in this space then? What are some of the challenges and some of the unique aspects of it? So marketing 
for a fintech and within this environment, and, and I think it's it's absolutely fascinating because as a discipline, I think marketing has evolved far beyond what I would say we call this traditional marketing, then it was digital marketing. And then you look at the various disciplines of within marketing of brand, PR, communications, product marketing, performance marketing. And I think we're getting to a really interesting space of growth marketing, where all of these aspects actually come together at the end of the day to solve a problem, which I think marketers have had in a long time, which is ROI. What's the net benefit? And it's also looking at it from the perspective of not just one part of the funnel, but the entire customer journey from acquisition to conversion, to retention, to delight, you know, delighting them, engaging them, and even loyalty and advocacy at the end of the day. But looking at it from the perspective of what better value, but what better outcomes are not only adding to our customers, but also to the business and to society in general. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so would you say that your greatest challenge has been proving out that ROI and in terms of marketing and where you're spending your efforts? Absolutely. And I think the one of the first things I like to say is marketers, no, let's take a note, right? No random acts of marketing. And what that essentially means is that taking that testing and learning and optimization approach, we may never get to that holy grail where every dollar investing in marketing is directly attributable and measurable. But let's at least put plans in place that we know why we're doing things and why we are, what we are hoping to achieve and what is our path to getting there and what will we do with the learnings, whether we extend, whether we, we go back and optimize or stop. I think that kind of decision-making framework has to be set up at the outset as opposed to coming out at the end of doing something, which sometimes we as marketers fall prey to. I love that. How do you go about setting that up and then measuring it over time? Is it in the company quarterly meeting or what does all that look like? It depends on the organization. I will tell you at um, larger institutions where I have been, the planning process is usually annual and measured quarterly at best. In our world today, uh, especially given the fact that we are a young, hungry fintech group of companies, we don't have that luxury. Our currency is speed. So we look at that framework. Actually, our long-term is quarter and our short-term measure of performance and optimization is a week. So we are very diligent about using the OKR framework, which is what our objectives and what are the key results that we're looking to drive. And yes, we appreciate activity, but you don't get points. You don't get points on the scoreboard just for activity. It has to be outcome oriented. Yeah, I love that. What are some ways in which you will manipulate your uh, results like week to week and month to month? Will you try new ideas or experiments or dial things in, or what does that look like over time? Oh, marketing is as much art as, as it is science, right? So all of this will help you make decisions, but it's not going to make your coffee in the morning and it's not going to, so that's the human decisioning aspect, right? So on a weekly basis, what I look is the tangible, quantifiable data. Mm. But from that, I think what is valuable is what have we learned and what can we do better? 
And the second is, if something is working, how much can we scale it to the point that it gets to diminishing returns? So I think you have to look at data sort of informing decisions, but not make data decisions solely based on a week or two weeks based on performance. Totally. That makes sense. So let's zoom out to everything you've learned in all of your years of marketing experience. And I'd love to talk about some of the things that you've learned in terms of what works best to build lifelong relationships with customers. The title of our podcast is The Lifelong Customer. And what have you learned in all of your years of experience in terms of what works best to build those relationships? Yeah, look, I think I like to say that the shortest distance between two people, I think it's a Victor Borge quote that says is a smile. I think between brands and people, the shortest distance is is not a smile. It is actually a story and trust. So I know it sounds rather cliched, but I think if you break down what trust is, it really boils down to three things. It's credibility, care, and congruence. You stand behind what you say and the promises you make. You care about the customers, the impact that you're having on their lives. People don't buy, there's enough been said about, they don't buy hammers and nails or drills. They buy the picture that they're going to put on the wall and the experience that they're going to have in their home. So I think just demonstrating that care is absolutely important. And the third is congruence. And I think it's become even more important where we show congruence of values, beliefs, and purpose orientation and the soul of the company, the DNA of the company in terms of what it is that we stand for. Because if you don't stand for anything, you essentially stand for nothing at all. So I think if you think about lifelong relationships, and this doesn't even only apply to brands and customers, I think this is true for all of us. It boils down to those three things, which is demonstrating care, credibility, and congruence. And then we can talk about, okay, If you want to get there, you want to demonstrate these things, what are the behaviors? It's enough. No longer can brands get away with saying things and not doing things. So if what we want people to feel about us, that we care, we're credible, and we're congruent with values, what do we need to do on a daily basis? And how do we need to do that so that we can build those lifelong relationships? So you'll see this as a theme, I believe, in the power of threes. But what I've learned is that three things, three characteristics, if you will, that create those lifelong relationships between companies and people, but also companies that have that demonstrate higher than average sort of outperform benchmarks within their industry. And for me, from a marketing standpoint, I think there are three things. One is absolute relevance. What does that mean? It means being relevant to the times, being relevant, of course, to whom you're speaking with. In our industry, we call it hyper-personalization at scale. And there's a lot of data science and technology that that can make it happen. But being contemporary, being modern, being relevant is the singular most important thing. I think then from that comes consistency. You can't say one thing and stop. A very specific example could be in my industry, in financial services, as a brand or as an advisor, if you're communicating with a customer, you can't send them one random email every month. 
it has to be consistent, whatever you're doing. So if you're going to commit to doing four outreaches a month, then stick to four outreaches a month. It's important that there's alignment and consistency from top of house to bottom of house, right? Wherever the, the foot soldiers are all the way up to management. And again, going back to being consistent, bringing in that idea of relevancy into, into being consistent. So if you're being consistent, doesn't mean it's one size fits all, you have to be relevant and consistent. And I think the third attribute, which makes companies develop these lifelong relationships is learning agility. Continuous experimentation, A-B testing, automation where it works, the hybrid model I'm a huge fan of, and I think I talked about in the beginning, it is the compelling combination of human and digital to make that learning optimization and experimentation work. And then you create this virtuous cycle of being relevant, consistent, and always on and always in and learning. Awesome. I love that. That's such awesome advice. What should the key takeaway be here for the other marketing leaders listening, their teams, maybe, you know, those that are younger in the space, what should the key takeaway for you be? So I think if my key takeaway or any sort of advice, if I can humbly submit, would be to, first of all, recognize that what has transpired over the last 12 months, even though it may have been a really unfortunate event and came upon us very suddenly, it has established a new standard and norm for experiences and whether those and relationships whether those experiences are between brands and companies or people to people doesn't matter i think it's just set a new whole new paradigm so if you're sitting there wishfully thinking that things will go back to normal they aren't there is going to be whatever the new normal looks like i don't think any of us know enough to know what that new normal looks like but i will say categorically that it is going to be very different so with that being said, I think marketers need to go back and I think about, I shouldn't say go back, but maybe evaluate the future and think about the world of growth marketing and what that really means and how they can bring in these three disciplines of relevance, consistency, and always learning experimentation that I talked about. Learn, learn fast, fail safe continue to optimize, be bold. People want to see what your brand stands for. That's how you be relevant. Create influencers and centers of gravity within organization that will create that consistency. Use automation, use technology as much as you can. And the third is never pause. Pause to celebrate, but then very quickly move on, learn and build from there. Hey, thank you so much for joining the podcast and sharing all your wisdom, knowledge, and experience here. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you, Brad.